Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimmig. If you're new to the show, each episode we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, what are we tolerating without noticing what it's costing us? I think this is one of those things of just getting way more conscious about mm. what's going on for us. Um, but I think in a lot of ways in life, when we ask ourselves, how's it going? Is it working? When we sort of try and do self-evaluation, what we actually answer is, are we within our zone of tolerance? If I'm tolerating everything that's going on, then I say it's going well. And my premise when we're asking this question is that actually a lot of times we're tolerating things that are are taking away from our potential, that are taking away from the possibility of what might be. And so that curiosity about what are the things that we tolerate without noticing what it's costing. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, earlier in some work we were doing together, and we were talking a little bit about facilitation, working with groups, and kind of noticing when groups are tolerating behavior. And so they say, oh, it's going fine. But they kind of don't even recognize, like, what else could be possible, how things could be different. And sometimes, as an outsider, it's easier to notice that. Um, which is kind of the context that this came up in. But I mean, so I mean, when we talk about what what tolerating something costs us, I, mean, I think that kind of I mean, it loads the dice a little bit. Like there are reasons why we tolerate stuff. Maybe I want to kind of start there. It's like when we talk about living within the zone of tolerance of of okay, this is okay. I can work with this. It's going fine. Um, wh why do we do that? Like, what are some reasons why we choose to live there? I think sometimes we don't even notice. So mm -hmm. uh, an example that just as a life example as a demonstration was um, at some point as I aged, I realized that I was getting really serious eye fatigue when I was driving and went to the eye doctor and they said, well, yeah, actually you've never been able to see very well, but you've been able to flex the muscles in your eyes enough to compensate for that. So you've been able to see, and what's happening is now you're getting old. Nobody likes to hear this. I was yes. 32, I think. <laughs> you're getting old and, and your eyes aren't able to compensate anymore. Um, mm -hmm. and, and in that case, I probably was fine without glasses until I wasn't anymore. Like my, I lost my ability to tolerate. But in fact, what had been happening was I'd been working pretty hard at being able to see without realizing that it was taking my energy and it was taking my focus and it probably was reducing my peripheral vision and some of my safety and driving and all those things. And I didn't even notice that it wasn't there until it got bad enough that I couldn't help but notice it. And I think in that same way, you know, we've got that person who interrupts all the time, but we manage all right and we get to the end of the meeting. And so we don't, we don't address it because we're fine. And then at some point, Maybe there's a second person who interrupts or there's somebody joins the team that's really sensitive to that interruption or whatever it is that suddenly makes it intolerable. And what we realize is it was actually a problem that was taking away from our productivity as a team and was taking away from our trust and safety and all those things. And we just didn't notice that that was happening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's there's two things that I heard you say in there that are both really true for me. One is just a lack of awareness. Like we don't even realize we're doing it. It's automatic. It's there. Are, it plays into 
previous established patterns or habits like you know we've been told this is how we're supposed to behave when we're in this sort of situation um, or we're just kind of it, we've grown to expect it for whatever reason and so our, our brain just kind of filters it out right we're unconscious about these things so there's certainly a lack of, of awareness um, and then I think sometimes even when we become aware of it we do the mental math and just kind of go it's not worth it sticking my neck out trying to make things better right? It's like, you know, my boss just keeps interrupting all of these other people. Where is it, where is it going to pay off for me to actually say something about that? Yeah, I think we, we either ex implicitly or explicitly do that. Um, I know that um, Amy Edmondson talks a lot in her work on psychological safety about doing the math of like, do I speak up and point out there's a problem, right? And she, she points out that very often, it makes total sense for us to not say anything because if we are going to say something, it's likely the organization that benefits instead of us. And that benefit is likely mm. in the long term rather than the short term. Whereas if it goes wrong, it's likely to hurt us immediately. <laughs> and so yes. those two things combine and we go, maybe I could help the group in the long term or I might hurt myself in the immediate term. Maybe I just won't say anything. Maybe I'll just, again, live within that zone of tolerance. Yep. Yep. So I think one of the things we're pointing to here is the importance of feedback loops, of, of mm. taking time to pause and, and really look at what's happening. And I think even just asking the question differently. I mean, I think we tend to ask, what's working? What's not working? Are we okay? Did, you know, did it work? Maybe we also want to ask an additional question of, are there things slowing us down? Are there things getting in the way? Are there things that we are tolerating? <laughs> that potentially could be changed. And, and then we can look at whether they are worth changing, whether they're worth addressing, because it's not just the sort of social capital losses that you're leaning toward. It's also, you know, okay, so I, I'm tolerating a keyboard that, you know, the M doesn't work and I somehow work around that. I did that for about two weeks in my life once. <laughs> and, but, I, but do I find the capacity to go get a new keyboard or to invest it? You know, I'm tolerating a program that doesn't really do the thing I need it to do, but I work around do we as a company invest in the money for the program that would make my work easier? You know, there are all sorts of types of investments. So I think the first thing is to get conscious about yeah. what are the things that we're tolerating. And then the second piece is to have a really thoughtful conversation about what would we need to invest to fix those things? And is it worth the investment at this time? Yeah. I mean, it's funny, we kind of packaged that without realizing it in the in the question, you know, what are we tolerating without noticing what it's costing us? It's like those are the two things to do is kind of ask, not are we tolerating anything? We are. We always are. And it's just a question of what, right? What are we tolerating? And then what is it costing us? What is the cost of tolerating that? And then we can start to make informed decisions about whether or not we want to try something else. Um, mm -hmm. Because... Yeah, it, you, you, you know, it may be costing you something, but also changing may cost you something. A change always costs you something, right? Change is never mm. free. Um, uh, and so I think being explicit about it, but really creating a space to invite people to have the discussion about it. Um, and I think that can sometimes get the, get the better of us sometimes as we just kind of assume there, if there is no discussion, that there's nothing to be talked about and really creating space in order for the conversation to be had. Uh, there's another thing that I think um, shows up uh, that I've noticed when I work with people uh, is that 
we uh, to divide people into two groups, haha. Um, <laughs> I think each of us has a tendency to sort of either pay more attention to what's working well um, mm -hmm. or what is not. And paying attention to both is actually useful, but each of us individually has a natural tendency to do one or the other. I was having a conversation with my spouse last night uh, about some of these things. I am naturally the person who pays attention to what's working well, and she's the person who naturally pays attention to the thing that's not working. Um, and so conversations between us can, can sort of swing back and forth until we ask each other to take on the other one's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like for me, it, asking things like, so what do you think is working well right now? Like, what do you not want to change? Um, and her asking me, like, what do we need to get better at around this? What is it we want to change here? And I think getting curious about both of those perspectives is one of those things that can help make the space to help you figure out what you're tolerating and what it's costing you. Yeah, I think the other theme here um, for me is, and I think we run into this over and over again, is that there, the same thing applies to a team level, but also to an individual. Right, so mm -hmm. I can we can do this work as a team and and in a relationship type space. We can also have these conversations either you know talking through my personal stuff with somebody else or journaling it or, but asking those same kinds of questions within my own space and what am I tolerating and what what is it? and really a lot of it is what are the things that I haven't even noticed that I'm mm -hmm. doing that are taking away from what you know what my goals are or what my capacity is to reach them or or what's taking away from joy what's taking away my energy um that i may not even notice because it's been there forever yeah yeah and it's it really is those things that you assume can't change right you or they're just part they become part of the furniture uh, a team that i worked with once uh we started to recognize that we fell into that habit of just assuming that these problems were given uh, and so one of the things we developed was a system where anytime somebody encountered one of these things, um, we, we were all working in the same physical space, so it was easy to do this. They'd write a post-it note and put it up on the board. And the next time that someone encountered a problem, they'd look and see if it was already on the board. And if it was, they'd put an X on it. And the third time, someone would go up and they'd find it, it was already on the board, already had an X on it. We would stop and we'd figure out what to do about it. That we were recognizing that these were systematic problems. They were showing up again and again, and we, clearly we were tolerating them, so we weren't fixing them. We weren't doing anything about it. And so it's like that was a prompt to have the conversation. And it's a way of starting to notice, again, those things that we're, we just take for granted um, and kind of start to surface those uh, so that we can, because particularly in a group where it might be that the same problem shows up, but you only have ever hit it twice, Right, mm -hmm. but of the of the seventeen of you, right, it shows up a total of fifty times. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I think the other beautiful thing about this is that sometimes the thing that I'm tolerating, um, whether it's external or especially if it's internal, that I just don't have the capacity to see in myself. When I get a really strong working relationship with someone else, that person sees it, perhaps because it irritates the heck out of them. Probably. Right? Perhaps because they see the way I'm wasting my capacity here. And, and if we can build those strong working relationships where I can get that feedback, that is a way for me to begin to see what are these costs that I'm not even noticing and become more of who I'm looking to be or more effective at my job or whatever those goals are. 
Yeah, when we really have that trust and that relationship to be able to say to the other person, hey, I'm noticing you're doing this thing. And I wonder if you even notice you're doing it, because it also seems like that's getting in the way of the thing you said that you wanted. And those, yeah. those conversations can be hard, but when we actually have the, the connection and the trust to be able to do that, they can be incredibly powerful and incredibly useful. Yeah, I think so too. So I think summing up what we're pointing to is the importance of making space to be aware of the things that we're tolerating, um, being willing to ask the question of whether the cost of tolerating them is more or less than the cost of fixing them, and being willing to have really authentic conversations with each other to help us discover these things, whether at a team level or as a, an individual kind of level, but that having that capacity to have the hard conversations in a safe and trusted space is incredibly useful for teams. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnig. And this has been Employing Differences. 